We are wrapping up a message series today, Faith and Reason. If you missed the first few of those, you can find those online, and uh, that's on our website, selfourchurch.com. But we're looking at uh, faith and reason as people who have faith in God, a God that we can't really see like we see each other. Isn't it reasonable to have that faith? We believe that it is. And for people who have faith or want to have faith, is it okay to learn from things other than the Bible or church teaching? Can we learn from science? Can we learn from uh, philosophy, things like that? We think absolutely that, yes, that's acceptable as well. So we've been exploring that over the past few weeks. And so again, today we'll be wrapping that up. Uh, when I was young, I used to play a lot of games with my friends and um, that kind of stuff. But uh, we also played one game called Freeze Tag. Anybody ever heard of that? Anybody ever play Freeze Tag? All right, so one of the kids is it, and you have, to, you have to chase the other kids in a confined area. And whoever's it, when they touch you, you have to freeze, like in the exact moment that you're at. And you have to stay there until everybody gets tagged. And then usually the first or the last person who gets tagged is, gets to be it next, and they get to freeze people. So... Uh, I'm guessing that some of y'all are, are pretty good at freeze tag uh, back in the day, or maybe you're good at that right now. We're going to do an abbreviated game of freeze tag. I'm not going to ask you to jump up and run around, but uh, here in the sanctuary, here if you're watching online, wherever you are, I'm going to count to three, and when I do, I want you to freeze when whatever you're doing, okay? And I'm going to check and see how good you guys are at freeze tag. So one, two, three, freeze. That's really good. You guys are doing great. Choir? They're frozen. That's good. That's right. Hope they're not frozen at the end of the sermon, right? We'll see how that goes. But uh, you can move now. You can move now. You guys are, are really good at that, okay? So I'm going to ask you a question that's going to sound really dumb. But remember, there's no dumb questions in life. But I'm going to ask you a question that's going to sound really dumb, right? So when you were frozen in our little game of freeze tag here or when you were watching at home, how fast were you moving? How many miles per hour were you moving? Again, that's a dumb question, right? Duh, Pastor Kyle. Zero would be the answer, right? We're frozen. We're not moving. There's no miles per hour happening. And you're absolutely right, right? When you're frozen, you're doing that freeze tag thing. You're just sitting here, right, from our earthly perspective. Like, we are absolutely not moving at all. Zero miles per hour, right? Now, if you were in a spaceship near the sun in the center of our galaxy here, uh, and your spaceship was leaded enough so that you wouldn't burn to a crisp, uh, and you had a really long telescope, and you could look into the South Park Church or to the homes of the people that were playing freeze tag, uh, you would observe something differently. Right? If you were there right beside the sun, you would see that everyone in this room, everyone on this planet was not moving zero miles per hour. You're moving 67,000 miles per hour, Right? We're on the earth, the earth's going around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour, right? So speed, science teaches us, is a relative concept. It depends upon your point of view. So here on the earth, when we're frozen, we're moving zero miles per hour. If we were near the sun, the earth is moving around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. You folks are hauling it, right? You are faster than a cheetah. You're faster than Usain Bolt, that big sprinter down in Jamaica that can just run really fast. You're faster than a locomotive. You're faster than the Flash in comic books, right? 67,000 miles per hour. It depends on your perspective and your point of view. That's kind of weird, isn't it, how God designed the laws of physics in the universe? Well, it's not just with motion. It also has something similar with time. Okay, 
a lot of times we think that time is a set kind of thing. There's a big cosmic clock in the universe and the minutes are ticking and ticking and they're all the same everywhere in time. It's not true. Okay, so we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, what's called the twin paradox, that if you took two identical twins and you kept one on the earth and you put one in a spaceship that could go really fast, if it, go, if it could go close to the speed of light, which if you think 67,000 miles per hour is fast, do you know how fast the speed of light is, how long it takes light to get from the sun to here? 670 million miles per hour. All right, 670 million miles per hour. No one's been able to do that. But if you were able to go 670 miles per hour, like you put one twin on the spaceship, you keep one twin here, the twin on the spaceship goes away and comes back in a matter of minutes, right? In their mind, it's been a matter of minutes. On the Earth, that twin is either super old or dead, right? For what happens for a couple of minutes towards the speed of light on the Earth where we're just going 67,000 miles per hour, right, time is different. The faster you go towards the speed of light, time slows down. Right, so one twin has just been away for three minutes. The other one's either old or dead. Right? Isn't that crazy? Right? So, so motion depends on your point of view, point of perspective. So does the passage of time. Right? Einstein calls this the theory of relativity. Right? So the faster you go, speed of light, then time slows down. It's kind of mind-boggling about how God has created the universe. Right? Time is relative. So technically... You could probably argue if you're late to work or you're late to uh, school that you're not really late because time is relative, right? So you can never be late. <laughs> Doesn't mean you won't get fired or get an F. But anyway, it's a theoretical thing you could argue, right? Look at what it says in the Bible about time. I think this is pretty neat when you think about what Einstein teaches. This is from 2 Peter 3 8, where people are wondering when Jesus is going to come back for the second time, right? Jesus died. He came back to life. He's supposed to come back to the earth. He hasn't done that yet. People are freaking out. When's Jesus coming back? Right? And this is what, what they say, but, to, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Right? So from God's perspective, a thousand years is a short amount of time. Right? A thousand years for us is a long time because we live on an average, what, 80 years, right? So a thousand years is a long time. But when you're the Lord God Almighty who created everything and who is in time and also outside of time, a thousand years is nothing, right? Think billions and trillions and infinity kind of things, right? So from God's perspective, time is also relative. For us, what seems to be a long time is a very short time for God. Maybe another way to think about it is even in our own experience, time seems to move differently even though 60 seconds are 60 seconds, 24 hours is 24 hours. Have you ever been in a moment that just seems like it will never end because it's just horrible and, 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 and it, the clock can't tick fast enough? Or have you ever been in a moment that you wish would slow down, but it's so exciting and so great that before you blink, it's over, right? When I was a senior in high school, sixth period, the last period of the day, 2 to 3 o'clock, I was in calculus, uh, math. We were in a warm classroom. We could see out the windows at the beautiful sun and grass outside. Had a really smart, nice teacher, but he spoke in a monotone voice, you know, kind of like the Ferris Bueller movie, Bueller, Bueller, right? So from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock was like torture. It felt like 60 hours instead of 60 minutes. And you watch the clock and it would just go click, click, click. Please, God, let me get out of there, right? Have you ever experienced like that? Right? When time just absolutely slows down, 
Maybe it's when you have a, an appointment at the doctor's office. Maybe it's when you're standing in line at the DMV uh, trying to get your license renewed, right? Uh, time just absolutely slows down. And then there are those moments where you might be doing something for hours and it feels like seconds, right? You're just, when you're spending time with your sweetie, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you look up and, oh, my gosh, it's time to, to go home and get back to our lives, especially when you're making out with somebody, right? Time just goes by like that. Or maybe you're at Carowinds and you're riding roller coasters and you're like, oh, my gosh, we have to go home. The park is closing already. Or if you're a kid and you're playing outside after school and how did it get dark so soon or those of you who like to play video games or you're on social media and you look up and four hours later, you're like, four hours have happened. What have I been doing, right? Just time is quick, quick, quick like that. For me, it, it's like that for like vacation. You know, you go on vacation and you think, wow, I've got a whole week off. This is going to be awesome, right? What am I going to do with a week's time? You know, we leave on Sunday and I've, it's Monday, it's great. And, and they, Tuesday, I still got five days left. But, you know, all of a sudden it's like Friday night and Saturday you got to go back. It's like, how did this happen, right? We just got here for vacation and now we have to leave and go home already. And, you know... And for most of us, like, vacation's great, but we also come home to some really good things, right? We, we like the homes that we live in. We like the jobs that we do. Right? We love the people where we live. And it's great to come back home, but we still like that time away on vacation because it's a special time. You don't have as much responsibility. You get to spend time with friends and family in ways that you don't usually do at home. And so that vacation time goes super fast, even though you have good things to come back to, right? Time is relative, physically the way that the, the universe is designed, and also perspective-wise about how 60 seconds can seem like super fast or super slow depending on what you're doing at the time, right? So now, having said all of that, those of us who are just moving merely 67,000 miles an hour on the rock around the sun and can't travel 670 million miles an hour at the speed of light, for all this stuff that I've said about time being relative... There's still 60 seconds in a minute. There's still 60 minutes in an hour. There's still 24 hours in a day. There's still seven days in a week. There's still 365 days or 52 weeks in a year. And we have to live in that time frame, right? We do. Like, that's, there's time, it's relative, but we're not moving the speed of light. So really time, and as we know, it is rigid, and that clock ticks, and we're bound by that, right? So, so what are we supposed to do in that time? Because I don't know about you, but in my life, right, that time becomes very precious because it happens more than often super quickly. You look up and two or three years have happened, and you're like, wow, where, where did the time go? So, right, you, you've probably heard of discretionary spending, right? You know what that is, right? When you look at your budget, there's certain fixed things that you have to have. You have to have food. You have to have clothes. You have to have shelter, have to have insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's things that you have to pay for. And then there's leftover money that you get to spend at your discretion, discretionary money. And we guard that money very, very hard, don't we, right? It's a precious commodity. I was reading an article that's saying that, you know, something that might be even more valuable than discretionary money is discretionary time, right? Because there's so many things in the day that we have to do, right? We have to eat. We have to go to work. We have to sleep. So at the end of the day, just like we have discretionary money, we also have discretionary time. We have like a handful of minutes or hours that we get to choose what to do with that. And so that discretionary time becomes very precious because there's not much of it. And so today, 
I want us to think about how we spend the time that God has given us. Okay? So I'm going to show you something here. Uh, there was a study about how the average American spends their day. And I want you to be thinking about how your life kind of aligns with this. And let's just see. This is a study. This is a study by um, the American Use of Time Survey. Right? This was done by the, the U.S. government actually did this survey. This the last one was 2021, and I read an article by a woman named Susan Cullen who kind of summarized it for us. Right? I think it's the Department of Labor that did this study. You can Google it. You can look it up on the Internet. Um, but here's how the average person in America spends their daily time. See how you stack up with this. See if you agree with this. I think some of these numbers are close. One, one of them I think is a little much. Uh, so the average American spends eight and a half hours sleeping. That's the one I think is probably a little much. I'd love to spend eight and a half hours sleeping. It's probably closer to six or seven. But from the people that answered this survey, they spent about eight and a half hours sleeping, about eight and a half hours working, right? So eight-hour day. I know that some people work, you know, less than eight and a half hours. Some work more, nine, ten, fifteen hours, right, a, a day. Um, and if you're in school, that's where you would plug in school too, right? So you're at school for a long time. Uh, then we have almost five hours of leisure time. Now, this covers a lot. This covers from social media to television uh, to eating your food to exercising to socializing. Anything that's kind of fun or that you have to kind of do like, you know, like eating and, and stuff like that. Um, and so of the 4.75 hours, there's one activity that most of us spend doing three hours a day. You know what that is? Watching television. Right. So we have almost five hours a day to do fun stuff, and most of us spend three hours of that watching television, which doesn't leave a lot of time for exercise or socializing uh, or anything else like that. Um, then we spend almost two hours on household activities, you know, the fun stuff like vacuuming and dusting and mowing your yard and cooking and cleaning, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, average person spends about an hour grooming, you know, showering, Putting on makeup, shaving your face, shaving your legs, all that kind of stuff, getting your hair just right, looking good. Uh, of course, some people take longer than others, some less uh, on that. If you have a pet, you spend almost an hour actively loving your pet, you know, petting them, feeding them, kissing them, playing with them. Uh, ooh, you're so cute, that kind of stuff. Um, and then for those of us who are not in school, we spend about half an hour a day learning something new as an adult, maybe at work or maybe for fun. Um, if you're a parent, here's a big one, uh, or grandparent, you can substitute. You spend anywhere from half hour a day to seven hours a day parenting. Um, and there's, there's two categories. There's active parenting where you're actually doing something with the kid. You're changing the diaper. You're playing a game with them. There's also passive parenting where you're doing your own thing and the other kid's doing their thing, and, but you're keeping an eye on them while they're doing that, right? So it can take up a big, big chunk of your day. Um, and then this is kind of depressing as a pastor. Uh, we spend a third of an hour volunteering or doing stuff with religious activities. Uh, but congratulations to you. If you make it through the whole service today, you will triple that uh, in one service, right? So way to go, right? You're going to knock that out of the park. Uh, and then point two hours of personal correspondence, checking your home email, answering any snail mail that you might get, things like that, right? So if you add all that up, it's more than 24 hours. You might want to take a picture of this. Um, it just depends on, you know, where you are in your life. But how does your life stack up with that? How are you spending your time? What does that look like in your life? What, how much of this is fixed time? How much of it is discretionary time? Um, how do you spend your time that God's given you? In the Bible, there's a couple of different words for time 
that are written in the original Greek. Um, and uh, there's two meanings for time. I want to share them with you. Okay, the first one is, it's called chronos, uh, which is simply minutes and seconds. It's what we measure, right? 60 seconds, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, right? It's, it's what we measure. We have 24 hours of chronos time in the day, right? It's, it's the quantity, how much time we have. And then the Bible does this. It uses a word called kairos, uh, which means it's an appointed time. An opportune moment, right? A due season, an appointed time in the purpose of God. If you remember the story of Esther, um, she said, you know, her cousin said to her, right, you may, maybe have come to this point in time because God placed you here. She had a chance to help save her, all the Jewish people. And her cousin said, this is probably why God placed you here, right? This is quality time, right? This is how you use your time, right? God has placed you in this moment to do something special, Right? It's an opportune time. We welcome John back to our church family. Right? We think this is a God-ordained moment for him to be here. Right? And so we have these God moments, Kairos moments in our lives. And so with that in mind, I want to show you that slide again of how we spend our time. And I want you just to think about your life. Right? So how much of that is just checking the, the clock? Right? It, it, the clock ticks. We have to do these things. Right? Qu you know, quantity of time how we spend our quantity, and, and what among this is our quality time. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a big thing like Esther saving a whole nation of people, right? And sometimes it, it, it kind of overlaps. Like, I spend a lot of time right now driving my sons to uh, football games that they play in and basketball games. You might call me a glorified Uber driver, okay? So that's, that's my other job than being a pastor. I'm, a, I'm an Uber driver, but I don't get paid anything, uh, right? So we spend a lot of time in the car, and that could be seen as chronos time, right? It takes this amount of time to get to practice, this amount of time to get home from practice, this amount of time to get to a game, this amount of time to get home from a game. But in that space, we have these kairos moments to where I get a chance to have undivided attention to my sons if I could keep them off their devices, right? To where we talk about their day, about their life, about my day, about my life. And so that chronos, everyday time, becomes a godly time. Do you see how that works? Right, so God gives us minutes and seconds and hours, but he also gives us every day these moments of time that mean something, that, that they have quality. Right? So think about your life. How do you spend your chronos minutes? How do you spend your kairos minutes? How do you spend your discretionary time? Right? Even work can be discretionary time. Sometimes we work eight hours and sometimes we work 10 hours or 12 hours a day. Do we really need to work that amount? Are we just trying to make more money? Right, so I think everything can kind of, at some level, be a discretionary kind of time. Well, I want to go back to the Bible, and I want to read a famous passage from the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. You, you might have heard of this. Even if you've never been to church, you might have heard this before. And it's a biblical writer talking about how we use our time in life. Let me read this to you from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now, I don't think that God is condoning killing or murder. This is just a, a reflection on what human beings do in the world, right? A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. 
a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. And again, not hating people, but maybe hating injustice, maybe hating oppression, maybe hating racism, a time for war. And again, I don't think God wants us to go to war, but we go to war in a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil, from their work? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. I think it's that we have a limited amount of time is what they're saying here. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their work. This is the gift of God. I think what this writer is saying in the Old Testament, this is called wisdom literature, is that God wants us to make the best use of our time that we can. That it matters how we spend our time. That time is a gift to us. And we should seek to live it to the full. And not just selfishly. You know, there's a phrase, a Latin phrase, carpe diem, seize the day, right? You know, we've got live the moment, you know, and that's a great thing, but a lot of times we do that selfishly, like, you know, I don't have long left to live, I'm going to do everything that I want to do, and, and sometimes we forget that the time that we have is also to be spent serving God and, and serving other people, to love God and love people, right, that the time we have with each other is precious, the, the greatest thing in life is relationships, so how are we using our time in the relationships in our lives that, that God has given us? And as followers of Jesus, you know, we believe uh, in, in two kind of major time periods. There's the time that we live on the earth, and there's the time that we're going to be in eternity with God. Right? If we call Jesus our Lord and Savior, if we've asked him to, to be our Lord and Savior, we believe he's the Son of God, that he died and he came back to life, all that good stuff, then when we die, we're going to be with God in heaven. And then at the end of time, when Jesus comes back, God's going to create a new earth, and we're going to live on the new earth for the rest of eternity. It's going to be a pretty cool place. And I'm not sure how we're going to spend all that time, because that's forever, right? I don't think it's just going to be sitting around eating chocolate and not getting fat. I hope that's part of it, right? But I think God's going to have something more for us to do for eternity. And heaven is awesome. But we also have been given this time on the earth. This time is precious, and it's very limited, and it matters. And sometimes I think that looking forward to heaven so much that we discount our time on the earth. And we see bad things that are happening. Like, you know, it, it's sad that people are starving in the world. It's sad that people are being abused in the world. It's sad that, that people are homeless in the world. But you know what? One day they're going to be in heaven and it's going to be great and that's awesome. And that's true, right, for those of us who follow God. But I think sometimes we use it as an excuse so we don't get involved to help people who are hungry get fed, to help people that don't have clothes get clothes, to help people that don't have homes find a home right? God created us and put us on this earth for a reason he could have just put us right in heaven from the very beginning or the new earth right but living on this earth is very precious and what we do on this earth matters so how do you spend the time the 24 hours a day the 365 days a year that God has given to you because it's very precious time and this time on the earth matters very very much one more passage of scripture. This is uh, from uh, Paul, who's a pastor, and he's writing to a church uh, in Ephesus. This is the letter to the Ephesians. And he says to this to early Christians in the first century. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise people, 
making the most of the time. This is the word kairos. Remember that kairos, the, qu- the quality time, right? Making the most of the time because the days are evil. There's, it's a rough place sometimes. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, right? Make the most of the time that God has given us. Make the most of the time that God has given us. What's the point today? What's the big idea? So what? That's what it is today, right? Make the most of the time we've been given. It's a gift. It's precious, right? It's relative in some ways, but it's also fixed in the other ways. Make the most of the time that we've been given. So I want to ask you to do one action step, one thing this week as you go out uh, back into your everyday lives that are going to be busy and your time's going to be busy. That's what I want you to do is do a time audit. Do a time study. I showed you what the, what the average person in the U.S. does. How do you spend your time? How much time do you work? How much time do you sleep? How much time are you on television? Right? How much time are you spending with your family? Right? We, we talked about how this earth is precious. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Right? A tornado could come or a hurricane could come and wipe us out. Right? We could have a heart attack. We could walk outside and a bus could run over us. Right? You go anywhere today and you get shot, there's a good chance of that, right? You go to the mall, you could go to a graduation party, you go to a prom party, right? People getting shot all the time, right? We don't have tomorrow guarantee, right? So make the most of the time that God has given to us. Do a time study. Get your phone out and you can find out your screen time. How much time are you on your phone today, right? Do you really think on your deathbed that you're going to say to yourself, I'm so glad I watch three hours of TV every day? Do you think you're going to say that? Or do you think, man, what could I have done with three hours when my kids were still home before they went away, right? What if I had three more hours with my spouse who died last year, right? What, what could we do with three hours of the day, right? Make the most of the time that God has given you. Now, for me in my life, you know, you guys probably know that I'm a, I like science fiction. I like time travel stuff. I like the show Doctor Who. I even have a life-size model of the time machine in my house because my wife is very gracious and I'm a big nerd, right? Um, but I've, I've learned that time travel is not real, right? It hasn't been invented yet, right? We have fixed time. I'm going to be 52 years old this summer, and I'm beyond middle age unless I live to be 104, right? right? So my time is ticking, it is ticking. And in, in the past few months, two of my high school uh, classmates have died. Right? They won't see 52. Uh, one of them died of cancer, and one of them died from a drug overdose. And they're both heartbreaking, and I'll never see them again. Right? That is frightening to me. Right? I always thought they would always be around. Right? I'm to the point where my oldest son in three years is going to go away to college. And we're always going to be close, but it won't be the same. Right? My parents and my in-laws are getting older, and they're not going to be with us all the time. So every time that I see them, it's very precious time. I've gotten to the point in my life to where I'm figuring out all this stuff that said, I can't wait to do this one day. I can't wait to go to this place. Some of that stuff I'm not going to really be able to do, and I'm having to wrestle with that. Right? So every day that God gives me, every day that I have is precious time. And, you know, just like we talked about when you're on vacation and you're coming home, you're coming home to something good, but you don't want the vacation to end. I'm starting to see my life as a vacation, right? At the end of that, I'm going home to heaven and it, the new earth, and it's going to be awesome. But I'm not ready for vacation to end yet, 
There's so much I want to do with my kids and my wife and my church family. There's so much left to be done on the earth. And my vacation is in around Wednesday, Thursday, right? If I live a normal lifespan, right? Saturday's coming, right? So where are you in that week of vacation? If you're at the Sunday Monday party, you're like, Pastor Kyle, blah, blah, blah. We got all the time in the world, right? But some of us are at Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Make the most of the time that God has given us. Or, as one of my favorite movies, Ferris Bueller, the kid that laid out of school. I'm not advocating laying out of school too much. Um, This is what he said. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. Make the most of the time that we have been given. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.